0: Say the game is getting old, Monday morning and your coffee's cold, life is not what you want it to be. Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction, my name is Jay Izzo and ho, oh, yes sir, yes ma'am, we have another great, great show, wow, is it great, guess who we brought back for a second edition show, yeah, Gina Gardner has joining us again. Oh, she is such an unbelievably positive, warm, kind, loving, gentle, and yet will get in your face and say, you need to change, people. That's who she is. And Gina's back with us. Thriving, Not Surviving is the book. We're going to get into the secret pathways, happiness, success, purpose. Uh, we're going to deal with some of the issues that so many of us are dealing with and trying to figure out, you know, how we're living. I know that so many of you have written me and have said to me, either face-to-face or or in some other way, have said, you know what, I'm not dealing well with this whole COVID thing. And uh, some of you have said, you know, not only am I not dealing well with it, I have found myself... Uh, not being able, I'm, I'm, I'm confining myself so much that I'm not being able to actually live my life. You know what, Gina and I, I'm telling you this book is so good because it's really going to help you um, live during this time. I'm just telling you it will. I'm, I'm just telling you it will. And we're going to talk to her in just a minute or two. But before we do that, let's do what we do every week, right? I talked to you about your training, right? We're in, the midst, we're in the midst of battle here, folks. Let's be honest. I mean... You know, I don't care where you live, somewhere out in this world. And uh, by the way, thank you, uh, entire world. We're in over 60 countries around the world that listen to this show. And I just want to thank all of you all over the world for listening to the show. We appreciate you. And I know that this COVID coronavirus thing is not limited to the United States. And Gina will tell you it's not limited to the UK where she lives and she's listening in right now. It is a worldwide phenomenon. And I have said now for several weeks, uh, maybe even a couple months now, that you know if you really think about the four areas of your life, you have to think about your training. Because the better you train, the more likely you will be capable to survive in a more thriving manner. If you recall, I have interviewed so many uh, people from the Special Operations Forces and uh, they've told stories of other people and they all have said pretty much the same exact thing. And that is, you know, when things get rough, when things get bad, when things get tough, when you're exhausted, when you're at the end, uh, you're you the only thing you have left is to rely on your training. And that training is four parts. It's it's training the physical, it's training the mental, and it's training the emotional, and it's training the spiritual. And and by the way, you should be training every day in all four areas of your life. Somehow, some way, you should be training because the truth of the matter is you're only in this time. We're only as good as our training, so you should be doing something in those four areas that is making you better, stronger in all four areas of those life your life. So I want to go through those and I want to check in with you and then I'm going to give you some ideas. All right. Because I think I think part of the this, this section of the show is not just about me finding out what your training number is, but you know also giving you some giving you some ideas of what you can do. Right. So we're going to start with the physical. How's your physical training? Scale of one to ten, one's miserable, ten's outstanding you know, when we talk about physical training, you know, it's very easy to say, you know, well, let's take a look at your exercise and your diet and drinking water and uh, rest, right? All four of those are really, really important when it comes to your physical training and you need to get plenty of rest. You need to get plenty of water. You need to get plenty of exercise. You need to eat right and, and get rid of the junk that you're consuming. You need to you know, quit the bad habits. You need to stop the sugar, right? Stop the sweets. Stop, you know, stop or cut back your drinking if that's what you're doing. You need to you need to do that, right? To be the best version of you. But I, w- I will also tell you, there's some places out there. I know you cannot go to the gym, folks. There are so many things you can do. You can walk. You can do push-ups. You can you can. You can do things to do sit-ups. You can do squats just sit standing still and just, you know, you could do a wall sit. There are just so many ways to do exercises. When people say they can't exercise without a gym, that's an excuse. Don't give yourself an excuse. Your training is that important physically, right? And by the way, it, it, listen, I'm going to say this. I'm not a doctor, a uh, medical doctor, but I'm going to just say this, right? you know before you do any exercise check with your doctor and make sure you're healthy enough to do it all right all right so there's your first number scale one to 10 physical okay let's go the mental right mentally you know what i ask you to do is i ask you mentally to not be a passive recipient of your of of your of your mental ability meaning Don't just let things come at you and absorb you. Be an active participant in mentally challenging yourself, right? That often means doing a number of things. I hear people say to me all the time, I can't read. Yes, you can. It's it's not that you can't read, it's that you don't want to take the time to read, right? But reading is one of the best things that you can do to be an active participant in your own mental training. Right? I, I said this last week, I'll say this again. The difference between successful people and not-so-successful people, one of the differences is, is that not-so-successful people sit in front of very large, big-screen TVs that are on. Not-so-successful people sit in front of large shelves of books that they pull down regularly and read. That's what successful people do. They have big-screen TVs, they just don't turn them on because they're too busy being an active participant in their mental Uh, their mental training, right? So this means being very active, consuming. Learning something, learning a new instrument, learning a new language, all those things are part of actively pursuing how you can be better in your mental training, right? So a scale of 1 to 10, 1's miserable, ten's outstanding, how are you doing mentally? Third, your emotional training. And we talked about this too, and one of the things we talk about emotionally is that, you know what, where are you at emotionally on that scale of your training 1 to 10, right? And You know, training, your emotional training comes every day. I'm just telling you, there's going to be some sort of challenge that's going to happen to you where you're going to have to make an emotional choice how you're going to respond. You can either respond angrily, you can respond maybe, uh, maybe it's sadness, you can respond with joy, you can respond in some levels in between, you know, maybe it's, maybe I'm frustrated, maybe I'm miffed, maybe, you know, I'm a little blue, maybe, yes, guys, blue is not just a color, it's also a level of sadness, okay? But it could be so, there's so many variations that you can choose from that when things come at you. How you choose to respond, that's your training. So here we are in the midst of a pandemic right now, right? And a lot of you are feeling depressed because you can't get up. Folks, don't let the pandemic do that to you. Gina's going to talk about this a little later. But don't let the pandemic do this to you. Make a choice. Become active in a different way, emotionally. That great training ground we are in right now, by the way, great training ground. Because one, one by going through this, we're going to build resilience. That's amazing. That That's just positive things. Just all sorts of positive things are happening because of this. So on a scale of one to ten, how's your emotional training? And then finally, the last piece, the, the spiritual training piece, right? And folks, I'm going to just tell you something about the spiritual really, really quick. Because we're all spiritual. Uh, even if you deny it, you are. And I'll tell you why. If you plan on going on a vacation, or if you have plans to go out to dinner with friends, or you have plans to do something, if you plan to even go to the grocery store, right? Guess what that is? Faith. You believe that you're going to do that. That's faith. Hasn't happened. Can't really see it. But you're going to do it. That's faith. That's spiritual. It is. And and beyond that faith piece, which we all have, that we believe that we're going to go to work the next day, or we believe that we're going to do this or do that, or we're going to spend time with the grandkids or, you know, with the kids, whatever it may be, right? We have faith, right? Beyond that, we all have something that we kind of go to that settles us down to center, that settles us down to a core, all right? For some people, it's God. For some people, it's nature. For some people, it's meditation. For some people, it's something else. The question is, is it working? And how's the training going? Right? Because, see, right now, you know we're We're in the middle of that spiritual training of being able to still stay centered, to still stay joyful, to still stay at peace, right, in amongst all this is what we're trying to do, Right? And that's how you determine if what you, your training is working or not. Is that happening for you? If it's not, right? Well, then, right, we need to make some adjustments. As I've said before, spiritual is not going to church and thinking about fishing. Spiritual is going fishing and thinking about God. That's spiritual. So on a scale of one to ten, how are you doing? Well, you've got four numbers, right? The four legs of the chair. I always say it. Chair's uneven. Guess what? Posture's bad. By the way, if the chair is too low, can't eat the the right table and you know who's with us today, and I love her dearly because she has such been such a great guest, and she is so. Amazing. Her name is Gina Gardner. She's a number one best-selling, international best-selling author. She's a motivational speaker. She's an empowerment and relationship coach and transformational leadership trainer with well over 30 years of experience, helping people experience happiness, success, and fulfillment. She's the founder of the Thrive Together Tribe uh, and and a personal and spiritual development program. Gina's also had to learn to walk twice as an adult. For over 20 years, she ran uh, an award-winning school for uh, the most part from a wheelchair. Uh, The gift of this experience, and she does see it as a gift, was the development of a unique approach to life and development of leadership, which we're going to talk about, thriving, not surviving. And uh, since her time, uh, as basically they called them headship, but she was like a principal, she has worked with countless individuals, couples, teams, and organizations, helping them to step into the potential and to learn lessons from the past and to recognize that it is their choice to step into their power and live a fearless life. Gina's passionate about supporting people to live a truly happy, successful, and fulfilling life, and she rejoins us again here on A New Direction. So everybody, welcome to the show, and Gina, welcome to a, back to A New Direction. It's great to have you on. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you
0: for coming back. It's absolutely brilliant. I, you know, we... We talked so much about the early portion of your book, and you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, we never did really ever get to chapter four. <laughs> the truth, the truth of the matter is, we really never got to the secret pathways. We kind of brushed over them, but I think it's really, really important because the very crux of your book is the five secret pathways to happiness and success. And the brilliant thing about your book is that prior to all that. Prior to Chapter 4, there is, you're like giving us so much great practical information through a fire hose that we're drowning in just amazing information that you supply for us. But I I feel like right now in this pandemic, and you and I were talking a few minutes before the show started, we're having some problems, aren't we? You're seeing it too. We are
1: indeed. And I think... You know, you can see it as a really negative thing, and I am not making light of the suffering that people are going through. And there are terrible things happening around the world. Um, But I also think that this is an opportunity for growth. Mm. And, you know, the universe often gives us a bit of a a nudge when we're not, uh, as individuals or as a collective, we're not doing things in a way that's conducive to the benefit of all or the benefit of the individual, and we get a little nudge, and then we don't take any notice, and the nudge gets bigger, and then we get a stiff kick, and then we get a slap round the head. Mm. And I, I have a real sense that at the moment that we as a human race are being given a big slap round the head, mm. and being given the lockdown gave people the opportunity either to go and hibernate and snooze, or to really start to identify what's important in life. What are our core values? How do we want to live? How do we want to live as individuals? How do we want to live as a collective? Mm. And I believe that the turbulence that we see is giving us all an opportunity to to recognize that we need to do things differently and that you can choose to be unresourced Mm. and fearful about what's going on or you can choose to use this as the opportunity to be more awakened and to do things differently.
0: Mm. You know, it's so that's so good. By the way, it you and by the way, you, by the way, you are so good about just getting – because you know where I'm going. I know you do, but I'm like going, all right. So was, <laughs> it's just so funny because I'm like going. So she's leading me into my own show so that she can get me to say. <laughs> So at the end of the day it comes down to secret pathway one is where we're gonna start because this is what you're getting at, right? Is our beliefs. Yeah. Because yes. right. Why is a why is belief a secret pathway? Help help us understand why belief is a secret pathway and then and then you know, help us understand how this plays a role maybe in this whole situation that we can maybe how do we change it? How do we what can we do with all of this during this time when it comes to there belief?
1: It's a secret pathway is because for the most part, the vast majority of people don't examine their beliefs to look at are they empowering us mm. or limiting us? Mm. These beliefs are installed usually when we're very young by a parent saying, Oh, you're so silly, or you can't do that, or you you know, money doesn't grow on trees, or you know, there's nobody who's gonna love you. And that belief becomes our reality. And most people, remember, 95% of our thinking is habitual. It doesn't cross our conscious mind. So we don't examine it. We don't check in to see if it's true. So in reality, it's hidden. It is secret. But once you unlock that secret and recognize that your beliefs actually are yours to do with what you want, And if you audit your beliefs and say, is this belief serving me, or do I need to change it, that we all have the capacity, if we are awake enough, and if we want to take that action, to change that belief. So I want to give you a couple of examples, and I may have used uh, similar examples um, last time, but they're so powerful, I think they're worth hearing again. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I, I love having the same examples because trust me, there's a whole bunch of people out there who didn't who didn't listen to the show the first time, and 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 those that do need it anyway because I need it. So yes, give us the same examples, even if they're not great. We're gonna love them like we heard them for the first time.
1: Fabulous. So <laughs> people may be familiar with Roger Bannister. He was the guy who ran the first four-minute mile. But they may not know that the medics of the time said, if you run that fast, you'll die. Mm. It was not maybe. Their belief was that you wouldn't be able to take in enough oxygen and you would die. And if you look at the footage, there are men in white coats holding oxygen bottles in pretty well the vain hope that when he collapsed, that they would at least be able to show that they were trying to resuscitate him. Now, that he ran the four-minute mile, or sub-four-minute mile, I think is amazing. Right. But what I find so fascinating is that within 30 days, over 30 other people had run a sub-four-minute mile.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. In how many days?
1: In 30 days.
0: So, within within the month that he ran a sub-four-minute, so 30 other people ran a sub-four-minute, and within 30 days of that? Yes. Wow.
1: And if you think about it, they ran because they knew it was possible. Their belief that it wasn't possible to do it and live had been turned on its head. Now, there is a story, and I'm told it's true, but even if it's not, I think it has resonance. This is an American university, and there was a math student who was doing his final year And he couldn't make a lecture, but he was told by his tutor, "Um, I'll leave the equation on the board. You must do it. Otherwise, you will fail your degree. So he'd gone off somewhere. I have no idea what he was doing. He came back and he copied down the equation on the board and he he struggled with it. And it took him days, but he cracked it and he gave it to his professor and his professor was dumbfounded and the reason for that was it wasn't the equation that he was supposed to solve the professor had rubbed that off by mistake and what the student had picked up was an equation that all of the mathematicians in the land said it was unsolvable <laughs> now he'd solved it because he believed it was possible mm. so we are each governed by the beliefs that we have about every aspect of ourselves and of life and those beliefs unless we challenge them become our reality and so go back to the secret think about things like money you know people who struggle to um earn money or who struggle to keep money once they've earned it you know every one of us will have a pattern of behavior around money that keeps reasserting itself. Mm. So it's very common for people who win huge amounts of money on the lottery to be back where they started five years later. Oh, I know. Now, you have to ask the question, why is that? It's my belief and I've done a lot of research, but I, it's my belief that the reason for that is their default belief about themselves and deserving money and how they handle money takes them back to where they were. Mm. Because the decisions that they make based on the beliefs that they have consistently take them back to their default setting. Mm. You think of another area around belief. You know, people who believe that I'll fail. Mm. If you believe you'll fail, many people don't even try. Mm. They think, well, I'm going to fail anyway, so if I don't try in a strange sort of way, I haven't failed. But just as many people who fear failure fear success. And so just as things are going well, they don't believe they deserve success or they believe that perhaps their friends won't like them if they succeed and they have to move out of their social group, they self-sabotage. So our beliefs govern every bit of our lives, whether we recognize that or not. So let's put it into the context of now. I believe that we have societal depression and societal fear. Every time you put the news on, every time people are talking, the vast majority of them are talking about what's not going right. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I'm going to sneeze, excuse me.
0: <coughs> God bless you. Yeah. It's hay fever.
1: Um, they, they, The whole tenor of the conversation and of their thinking is about all of the things that they can't do, the fact that it's not normal anymore, that they, and I understand the the anxiety around, I've lost my job, what will I do? Or my children aren't at school, how are they going to cope? How will I cope with them at home? The problem when we live from a place of fear is we are incredibly unresourced. The part of the brain that deals with fear, the reptilian brain, is designed to keep us safe. And we are hotwired, we were talking about this just before the show, we're hotwired to look at uncertainty and things that are different as a real threat. And that comes from the time when we were cavemen and women, where any change in the environment, any change in people coming close was likely to be a a marauding clan coming to rape and pillage. Um, Any change in the weather was likely to be dangerous to us. Any animal coming close to us was going to be a threat to our very survival. The problem for us in the 21st century is we'd like to think we're incredibly evolved. Mm. That that deep reptilian part of the brain, we are hotwired to see uncertainty and change as a threat.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to stop right there. I'll hold on for just a second, all right? Because by the way, I I need to do this. By the way, you're listening to Gina Gardner here on a New Direction, and the book is called Thriving, Not Surviving, and we're gonna be right back right after this. Hey, folks, you know what? I gotta tell you something. I have two amazing sponsors. I just have to, and I gotta tell you about them. Epic Physical Therapy has as just fantastic. They really are. They're just they've they've got coupled locations now and I'm I'm just telling you that people literally from all over the world come to Epic Physical Therapy. Literally professional athletes from all over the world use Epic Physical Therapy right in Raleigh, North Carolina to work on recovery, to work on some training methods. It's amazing. Right? Why is that? Well, it's because first of all, Epic Physical Therapy has an elite team. These the, these group of therapists are literally not the cutting edge they are on the bleeding edge of what it takes for you to be at your very best regardless if you're an elite athlete or you're just somebody like myself who occasionally just does something stupid and gets injured injured you know here's the here's the deal they will provide you with a customized treatment plan regardless of who you are and it's going to be tailored to your individual needs why is that? Because they understand that the need to treat the entire body is it has to be treated as a functional whole, not just the symptoms or the injury. So when you're ready for Epic Relief and you're ready for Epic Recovery and you're ready for those Epic Results, well then don't look any further. You need to go to EpicPT.com. That's e-p-i-c-p-t.com. And Linda Kraft and Team Realtors, you know, for 35 years they have been serving the world <laughs> I'm not making that up. They have literally been serving the world. They literally have helped people all over the world buy a home, sell a home. Really? Right. And do you know, here's what's amazing, right? They're a locally owned, independent company. How does somebody who doesn't belong to a national brand able to help thousands of people all over from all over the world with their home needs? Well, I'll tell you how. She creates relationships. It's what she does. And that's what her team does. It is about the relationship first and foremost. It is about the fact that everything that you do when it comes to your home is gonna be a memory. From the day you move in to the day you have your first child or the day that you have your first dog, what those are all memories. Right? There's all memories. And so she understands that those memories are important. Those are memories that make the home. It's not the it's not the bricks and the mortar. Right? It's the memories we make that make the home. And so, you know what? Why not go to the memory maker, the relationship builder, the person that even her clients say her customer service is legendary? Don't look any further. Just check out LindaCraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction with uh, Gina Gardner, who is a uh, I I call it penetrating the heart. Uh, What she's done is if you think of your heart as an onion with all these layers, she like in just a few minutes takes this giant needle and just penetrates all those layers and goes right to the core and you go... Ow, that hurt. But it's good hurt, and it's it, it's good because she's getting right to the heart of the matter, and it's so good. And we're still talking about beliefs, and she's talking about uh, she, as we, as I sadly had to cut her off. But we're but we're talking about how you know our sometimes what happens is when we get under stress our. Amygdala kind of takes over, and we get amygdala hijacked, uh, is what she's talking about. And all of a sudden, we get incredibly wacky, and we get extraordinarily emotional, and we get out of control. Is, is that okay where I picked it up from?
1: It's great where you picked it up from.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were so adorable. You really I have to say that
1: The first time that I have been likened to a penetrating needle. <laughs>
0: Well, but you, but you did, you, you went through all the layers in a very short period of time. You took all the layers and went right to the core of okay. the, of that. And all of a sudden I'm leaking out, you know, I'm leaking out some of that, that, that juice because you, you've kind of, you, you, you pulled out the needle and I went, ow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to let you go ahead, take, go ahead, st- dig back in, uh, Gina, go ahead, go.
1: The problem when we get into that place where we are stressed and anxious is we become entirely unresourced. Mm. We're not able to actually access the left side of our brain, which is the creative side, the solution-finding side. And as a result, our world becomes smaller and smaller, and we retreat into our comfort zone. Now, a comfort zone is like um, a great big duvet, and at times it feels really, really cozy. Yeah, but if it was 100 degrees outside, you wouldn't want your duvet. Mm. And the problem is that when you stay in your comfort zone, the world gets smaller. When you take the courage, when you have the courage to step outside your comfort zone, and your comfort zone is really about what's familiar, and you're prepared to actually look at what's unfamiliar, the interesting thing is that very quickly the unfamiliar becomes the familiar, and your comfort zone expands. But what I think is happening for many people is they're fearful, they're stressed, they're feeling unresourced, there's so much uncertainty that they have, not only have they retreated into their comfort zone, but they've they've actually snuggled up in that duvet, and the comfort zone's got smaller. Mm. Now it's an illusion. It's not safer. It's not going to serve you because when you are in that state, you cannot access any of your inner resources. And the interesting thing about human beings is we are, as a species, incredibly resourceful. Mm. And if you're listening to this, one of the things I would say to you is, if you can get comfortable with uncertainty, and remember it's one of the constants in life, (laughs) Change, uncertainty are with us from the moment we're conceived until the moment we die, and who knows what happens either side of that. But it it is a constant, as are death and taxes. Mm. And the more comfortable you can become with that, the more resourced you will feel, the more you will be able to find interesting and innovative solutions. You know, if you look at the challenges that have happened to mankind, just in the last century or so, look at all of the innovation that came out of the two world wars. Things that people didn't see as being possible prior to those times. Um, When you look back and you think, yes, it was a dreadful time, and I'm not suggesting we want it back. But out of that, people found they dug deep and they found solutions that were never thought possible prior to that and this this crisis will be no different we will look back at this and you know the children will be able to say to you know i was out of school for this number of months in the pandemic wow. and parents will be able to say you know as a family we survived the pandemic And those who are single will be able to talk to their friends about it and will look back. And when all of the the real hurt and challenge have become slightly less raw, we will be able to see that there were and are still to come the opportunities to see the gifts.
0: I so agree with this viewpoint i know it's hard to see it while we're in the midst of it but if if you look closely i i can tell you that i'm already seeing some great things i am seeing more families spend more time with each other than i've ever seen that in their yeah. lives i'm i'm watching this i am seeing more parents invested in their children's education than they've ever been i agree i i i, I am i am we are seeing things that are uh, I'm seeing husbands and wives who were thinking about maybe, you know, maybe we can't do this, realize that they need each other. I am I am seeing relationally a lot of really positive things. It doesn't mean that there's not bad things. To, to, to win, but, but there's a lot of really good things happening in here. I'm seeing technology change as a result.
1: And, you know, before the pandemic, I heard so often, no, you can't work from home. Um, we haven't got the technology, we can't create the security, we can't this, we can't that. Within right. ten days people were set up to work
0: at home. Right. And by the um, way, they're functioning quite well.
1: And actually, you know, those bosses who said, Well, they won't work hard and we you know, how do we um, how do we make sure that we're getting our money's worth out of them? <laughs> have discovered that actually people are self motivated and generally speaking are hard working and want to do a good job. But I think all of this, what it shows us is that it's time for change. And that if we can change, and those are two very simple examples, if we can change in that way and we're open to look for the best way forward and we focus our minds on that rather than I haven't got this and I can't do that and that's not fair and I don't like that, Mm. just think how much more we could do.
0: I know. That that brings us to you you're so clever. That brings us to the second pathway that yes. you call love. And uh I, some people get uncomfortable when they hear the word love. Especially, you know, a lot of business people, I think oh, God, love has nothing to do with business. Oh, Gina, I about...
1: think of love as being pink and fluffy. <laughs>
0: They do. They do. They don't understand. I don't think they understand the the, the, the relationship connection and, and love. I don't think they really. So, talk to us about why love is a secret pathway. And then let's talk about this in terms of, you know, not just the pandemic too, but, you know, how do we apply love back to a business setting?
1: Okay. So, first and foremost, the most important person that we need to love is ourselves. And, in my experience, very few people have learnt to love who they are, wobbly bits and all. Mm. And so they don't have a great sense of self. And the, one of the challenges then is that every relationship we have with other people is a reflection of the relationship we have with ourselves. So let me give you some examples I work with clients from all over the place and one of the most common things I find is if I said to someone, right, I want you to write a list of five things you don't like about yourself, they could write for pages and I'd have to stop them. But if I say write five things that you really love about who you are, most people struggle. Mm. And one of the challenges with that is if you love yourself, and we need to really define in my terms, what I mean by love, love does not mean that you have to be a doormat and that you have to be a servant to your kids and to your partner. Love does not mean that you let people get away with anything if you're talking about unconditional love. Because if you truly love somebody, you want the very best for them and from them. You have high expectations of them because you love them enough to know that they can be the best they can be. And so for me, loving yourself is, as you said, right at the beginning of the program, it's about taking care of you. What, one of the things that concerns me is the number of people who use food, alcohol, drugs, both prescription and otherwise, shopping, sex, work, as a way of anesthetizing themselves because they're hurting And in that attempt to feel good about themselves, they're actually doing more damage. Mm. Now, if you hear somebody say something nasty about you, it hurts, doesn't it? Of course. Yes. However, if you then, um, if you say something hurtful about yourself, it is so much more cutting and damaging. Mm. And yet we do it. Don't
0: we? Yeah? Yeah, no. I mean, how many times have I said to myself, you are so stupid. You, you're an idiot. You, you know, right? I'm, You know, because I did something that was foolish or I did something, you know, like, you know, how many times do I cut myself down because I, I, from the kitchen to the bedroom, I forgot what I was going in there for, right? And then all of a sudden I'm beating myself up for it, right? Even though it may sound playful, the truth of the matter is, you know, you tell yourself that enough times, right? We can start to believe it. Correct.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the thing is we make up these stories in our head about what we deserve. Mm. And as a result of that, um, we will put up with, um, um, uh, with something that's awful. Um, which we wouldn't do if we loved ourselves. Um, so it's, up to us. Nobody else can do it for us. Um, it, it's one of those things um, about the whole thing. And what I'm, I'm I'm feeling my way for the words because it, this is such an important thing for people to take on board. Mm. And I think one of the best ways to do it is to treat ourselves as we would if we were our own best friend. Mm. Because you treat best friends well, don't you? Sure. But if they do something that you don't think is right, you'll tell them. But you tell them in a constructive way and then you let it go. Right. But how many people do you know that when they've done something that they feel they shouldn't have done or they haven't done something they should have done, that voice in their head goes round and round and round and round, Mm -hmm. days, weeks, months, years later, I was talking to somebody the other day and they call that voice in their head the parrot. And you know, they were going on about how this parrot had the power to take over their head and stop them sleeping. And I turned around to them and said, why didn't you shoot the Blooming Parrot? <laughs> <laughs> it's an imaginary parrot, there'll be no blood. <laughs> right. Give yourself permission to tell that parrot to shut the hell up. Right. Because you are generating that parent. Right. and by loving ourselves it does mean caring for yourself physically mentally emotionally spiritually by being very clear about um, the sort of person you want to be right. being the best version of you means loving yourself right. and if you don't recognize that you are enough then that will inhibit your spiritual growth it inhibits your emotional growth, but my goodness, we are going into a new era of consciousness, I believe. And in order to be awakened to that and to recognize the value that we have in terms of making a difference in the world, we have to start with us. And you can start in small ways. You, right at the beginning of the show, you gave people perfect examples of how they can start to love themselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you know, that's the whole, that's been the whole, you know, right, the show's called A New Direction, right? We try to help people find a new direction successfully in their life or their career and their business. By the way, I need to say this, we'll we'll be right back. By the way, her book is called Thriving, Not Surviving, and it's uh, Gina Gardner. And by the way, I'm going to have links uh, to the blog post. Um, to, so that you can learn more about her and, the, and um, also just so many things that she does in the tribe. Uh, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to come back right after this. Hey, everybody, listen, I need to tell you about Epic Physical Therapy because their facilities, I said facilities because they have more than one, they offer the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, including the alterg g anti-gravity treadmill. Awesome. Takes all the pressure off your joints and allows you to still kind of run right the normatec compression sleeves awesome puts pressure in the right spaces, and you know what, it's like all of a sudden, you know, you know, joints sometimes just need a little extra pressure, and then you get the sleeve on, and all of a sudden you feel like, oh man, I'm stronger than I was, right, it's to help you kind of get ready, and then there's the game ready, which is my favorite, ice, cold, water, and compression all at the same time on your joints, oh man, it takes the swelling right out. Look, they are trained and certified in the most comprehensive and cutting-edge treatments available, and you know, here are some, just a few of them, right, blood flow restriction therapy, you may have heard of that. Dry needling, which is awesome. By the way, by the way, even with dry leading, some dry needling sometimes they'll hook up some of uh, the electra the, the, the electro pulses, the DC pulses, and pulse it into arms. Man, it's just amazing. And then there's cupping. If you've ever seen the circles on the back of swimmers, it's because they, they're manipulating the muscle through the skin. Look, they are amazing. And I'm just telling you, you need to check them out. They're fantastic. You need if, if you're if you're ready for your epic relief, if you're ready for your epic recovery, if you're ready for your epic results, don't look any further. Just go to Epic Physical Therapy. It's epicpt.com. It's e-p-i-c-p-t.com. And Linda Kraft and Team Realtors. You know what? For 35 years, they have been uh, serving uh, literally others all over the world. You know, Linda's very first client was in 1985, and that client to this day still comes to see Linda 35 years later. That says something, doesn't it? Why? It's because they have a relationship, and that's how Linda started her business, and that's how Linda, as she grew her business, that's how she continues to still do her business. It's about the relationships, because there's nothing more important. The bricks and the mortal mortar may go away, but the people and the memories never do. And that is why every relationship that Linda Craft and her team have are the most important and the most valuable assets that they know. Because the relationships at the end of the day are the only things that we'll remember. We'll forget a lot of other things, but we'll never forget how we make people feel. And we'll never forget how, um, how they've influenced us and make us feel. And that's why we so often say that Linda, is, Linda and her team are the relationship realtors because that's their priority. And so if you want to have uh, someone who can help you sell or buy your home, who's going to take an active interest in you and the pride that you have in either wanting to buy one or sell it, then why not start a relationship with Linda Craft and her team? I can promise you, as her clients say, the customer service is legendary and you're not going to be disappointed. You can learn more by going to lyndacraft.com. That's the, that's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction, and we're with Gina Gardner and her book, Thriving. Not Surviving, we're talking about the uh, five secret pathways to success, fulfillment, and even dealing with what we're currently dealing with, and, and we're even talking a little business, and we're even, we're, do, we're doing, just doing a little bit of everything with that Gene, this book is so good because it, it can just uh, talk about so many things. So Gina, when we last left you, and I'm so sorry to have to do that to you, uh, but I, I do have to get a sponsorship in every now and then. Um, but when I, we last left you, you know, we talked about that our relationship with ourselves is really incredibly important, and and that it's really, really, in, in, you know, for us, you know, it we we have to kind of you know, treat ourselves as our own best friend, and you make a really great point that you know. I'm thinking about my best friend, and you know, when he's when he's got kind of misguided. I mean, I will tell him. I will say, hey, look, you know, I don't think you're thinking about this right, and let me tell you why. You know, or you know, I think you're better than that. I think you can do even better. And I, it's interesting that I don't give myself necessarily the same credit that I would say to my best friend.
1: I Often- think. Using the same criteria for ourselves as we do for other people, no better, but no worse. For me, is is the uh, the way to do it, because so many people are much harder on themselves than they are on other people.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Now you asked me to talk about love in the in the context of business, uh-huh. and for me. Enlightened leadership, and I believe we're going into a new era of enlightened leadership. We need to do something about the quality of leadership throughout society. And for me, one of the things that comes through is that, that this has to come from a place, of, and I call it love. Mm. It's the very opposite of leading from a place of fear. Mm. And leading from a place of love means that you, that, first of all, that you lead yourself you have to model what you want in other people. So that's one of the reasons why loving yourself in the way that I describe is so important because if you don't model it, then you're not going to get other people um, to do it for themselves. Loving your, your, Doing it from a place of love means doing it from a place of compassion. It means caring about your staff and your clients and your suppliers. It means that that those people recognize that you have a vested interest in them. You know, they've done a lot of research about what motivates and inspires people. What is it that that engages people in in work? And money is not top of the list. It's about number five, Mm. depending on which study you look at. What motivates most people is believing that actually that they have a contribution to make and that that contribution is recognized. And if you're an enlightened leader, one of the things that you do is that you see the potential in others and you nurture that and grow it. Now that doesn't mean that you have to put up with with rubbish, in fact, quite the opposite. It means that you have high expectations, but that you support people in their growth You have a culture of development rather than blame. It becomes a learning environment where everybody feels valued, but they also know what's expected of them, and if they're not delivering, then they're held to account, but in a developmental way. Hmm. I'd like to give you an example of of what I mean, really, by going back to when I was a principal at school. So when I employed new staff, I would always have this conversation. Well, this was—I would say this at the beginning of an interview, and I would say to them, "This is really important. Not only for us to find whether you're the right person for us, but for you to decide whether we're the right place for you. So, if you come here, these are our expectations: that you will work hard, that you want to learn, that you want to be a great team member, uh, that you want to um, that." You, That you're going to strive for excellence, and we will define with you what excellence is. We don't do moody, we don't do bad-tempered, we don't do um, uh, um, blaming other people or not taking responsibility. So if you come here, you take radical responsibility for you. Mm. Now, Just imagine, it's a Monday morning, it's a young member of staff, and they've had a heavy weekend, and they come in and they're in a bad mood because they've drunk too much and they've still got a headache. (laughs) So the first time that that would happen, I'd just very quietly take them to one side and say, do you remember your interview? And they'd look at you blankly and say, do you remember the conversation before? We don't do moody, we don't do bad tempered, because we're modeling for the pupils the very way we want them to be. We've got to be squeaky clean. So go and have fun at the weekend. But when you walk through the door on a Monday morning, come in a good mood, come ready to be a great example. Hmm. Now, I'd use exactly the same tone of voice. It would be done quietly and privately so nobody else heard. But they recognized what I'd said in terms of expectation. I was then holding them to account. And so many people in, in a management or a leadership position, they think that they've set the expectations, and indeed they may have done, but often they're not clear, and often they don't hold people to account in a timely and a developmental way. Right. So loving is having high expectations of yourself and others, and being able to... Create a culture where people want to be their best they can be. And one of the one of the the, the the compliments that I have had, the best compliments, is when you know teachers would go on to promotion and you know had it said in various forms that what I was able to do was to uh, to tell them it wasn't good enough, but in a way that they felt that they wanted to be better. And if you can do that as a parent or a partner or as a team leader or as the business owner, then you're going to get the best out of people. Mm-hmm. And the silly thing with all of this is, is that, that many people, many leaders, managers, business owners do not recognize that they are losing business. If you want great profitability, you have to love your people you have to look after them you have to take an interest in them nurture them develop them grow them it's brilliant business more productivity less illness better relationships and greater profitability are some of the outcomes and there are many more of leading from a place of love
0: her name is gina gardner and, uh, the book is called thriving and, and I've, I've got somebody who just wrote me, uh, she just wrote me and said, I love your show and I love what she's talking about. And she's, she, I uh, just, just, just literally just wrote me right now. And so, so you just need to know that, uh, you're resonating, uh, loud and clear with some people, um, that are just listening to the show live and, and are just saying, wow. Um. I, I don't Gina I know we're, we're we're you know we're I mean we're running low on time believe it or not we're you know but 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 I want to try to sneak in a little bit about secret pathway three success yeah because you talk about the enlightened optimist yes and I think that's a really because you know what there are people out there who are listening to the show right now who yeah who think optimists are these flaky, you know, you know, people. And then, but they're also the same people who are really in reality are, um, they're not really They're What's the opposite of optimism, not negativism. um, Optimist. Yeah. Pessimism. Right. So, but they, but they say, well, I'm not a pessimist. I'm just a realist. Okay. Which by the way, to me, is 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 kind of like when you put a mask on top of a pessimist. It's it's really saying the same thing. It's just that it makes you feel better about not being called a pessimist. Um, because they're, I'm like, oh no, you're not. You're not a realist. Because realists would see it both ways. They they wouldn't see it as all negative, right? So talk to us about the enlightened optimist and and what those why that's so important. And and I'm um, I'm going to do this. I um, because we've only got just a couple minutes left in the show. Can you can you kind of uh, summarize, summarize that in a couple minutes? Right.
1: A pessimist is looking back and is always stuck in the fear. A blind optimist is in la-la land and doesn't look at the reality of what's going on. But the optimist who actually looks at the data, who but who is always looking for a positive outcome and a solution... That's what I mean, ah. and it's somebody who is prepared to look at at what's going on, but will recognise optimists always look for a solution. They are always they realise that even if things are really dark, that if you are at um, if you uh, your optimum in your ability to think creatively to look for solutions, you will find a way through. Or you will find something different, which very often turns out to be better.
0: You know, you know, you, you, I, I it so saddens me that we can that the show goes so fast. <laughs> it it's, does it, go fast, doesn't it? It I, it really does go fast, and you know, you've been on twice, and it's and I feel like you've only been on for like fifteen minutes, you know, at most, maybe five, and <laughs> and and it, and here we are at the end of the show. And, you know, I asked you last time you are on the show, and, you know, at the end of the show, I'd say, you know, the show's called The New Direction because we try to help people find a new direction in their life or their career or their business. So I'm going to ask you for a second new direction. So if you could leave people with a new direction, whether it's their life or their career and business, how would you, what kind of new direction would you give folks as they're listening in?
1: I think the new direction is actually to recognise that the solution is within you. If you look outside for it, then you're going to be dependent upon what other people are prepared to give you. But if you look in, if you do the deep dive work on yourself, there you will find all of the resources, everything you need. Now, if you need some help to do that work, then reach out. But ultimately, you are the solution and you have all of the resources available to you once you believe that to be true.
0: So Gina, that's beautiful. I you know, I didn't ask you this the last time you were on the show, but I'm gonna ask you this time. If people want to get a hold of you and they and they and they want to learn more about what it is that you do, how can they do that?
1: Well, they can email me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at genuinely and then a little dash hyphen uh, and the word you.com. That's genuinely, uh, Gina at genuinely hyphen com. You can go to the, either of the websites. That's genuinely hyphen you.com or enlightenedleadership.co if you're interested in becoming an enlightened leader.
0: That's awesome. And I'm going to have those links, by the way, on the blog post as well. folks. I know, you are so what you've been, you've been amazing. You, you, you were the last time and you are this time. I just, I, I can't thank you enough for. Oh, it's been
1: an absolute pleasure. Thank you.
0: I, I really appreciate you coming back on the show. You have been great. People are responding all over the place uh, just to let you know how much they just have enjoyed what you've, what you're saying and, and helping and um, they love you. I'm just telling you, they do. They love you. They really, really do. And that's. Um, that's a powerful thing to, you know, because I mean, we live in a two different worlds, you know, I'm here in the States, you're in the UK. So thank you so much, Gina. You've been great. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much for having me on the show.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show, right? She, she as advertised, she was better <laughs> than even advertised. You know what I say to you every week? And that is this, right? Be inspired. Because when you're inspired, that means you'll start inspiring other people and in turn they become inspired and then they start inspiring others and that can make this world a great place. It really can. Next week I'm going to be back with another great book, another great show, another great guest and I can't wait and I hope you'll join me too. And by the way, if you're listening to the show, why don't, and you like it, why not go and give us a, like a five-star review on iTunes, right? We can always use those reviews. They really do help. I tell you, they, are. they would help us a bunch. So as I say to you every week, ciao, everybody. confidence and the answers don't make sense You've got to keep your hope alive you got to know you can survive this is your